But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, these words were discovered on the wall of a children's home in Calcutta, run by Mother Teresa. These were their beatitudes. People are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives, but do good anyways. If you are successful, you win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do will not be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you help them. Help people anyway. Give the world the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. But give the world the best you've got anyway. The Beatitudes hung on the wall of a children's home in Calcutta, run by... Mother Teresa, a saint. Well, this morning's gospel begins on a mountain. And for those of you all who have spent any time in my Bible study, you know I'm a big fan of mountains. Mountains are rather special in the story of God. They are places of encounter. They are places where God commissions For instance, after the ark came to rest on Mount Ararat, way back in the first part of Genesis, Noah's family was commissioned by God to be fruitful and fill the whole earth. It was on Mount Sinai that Moses received the Ten Commandments, and it was on Mount Horeb that the prophet Elijah received his recommissioning from God after fleeing in fear from Queen Jezebel. And it was on another mountainside that the devil himself made Jesus an offer, the kingdom of earth, in return for his devotion. Jesus refused. It is also on a mountainside where he commissioned his disciples, declaring that all authority had been given to him by his father. So today, it seems appropriate and right that the scene for the delivery of some of the most famous words of all scripture were given. Guess where? On a mountain. By Jesus. Right in line with those who have come before him. Patterns and themes in scripture, they matter. 
So by this mountain setting alone, we know that something special is about to happen. Words will be spoken that mean something. And Jesus doesn't disappoint. But he does surprise, oh yes, in only the way that Jesus can, he surprises. He surprises everybody by what he says. Most people wouldn't think that blessings would come to those who are lowly, those who are mourning. But in the reign of God, in God's upside-down world, God's favor is with those who have been left behind, as well as those who are poor, who are lost, who are hungry. And I have to believe God's favor is those who see those, those who no one else sees recognizes or acknowledges. He says, you too are blessed. Jesus also, in this short saying of teachings, he calls attention to those who desire mercy, peace, and purity. And even those who undergo persecution for his sake, each are noble, each are honorable, virtuous, But I do say these blessings, they sound so holy and so sacred, worth aspiring to be like and become in some ways feels a bit out of reach, maybe otherworldly and way too hard to do. And yes, all of this is true simply because of what the Beatitudes are. Jesus didn't just give us a line of pithy sayings to pat people on the head and say when you have nothing else to say. No, 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 that is not what the Beatitudes are. They are ushering in a new way of orienting oneself to the world. They were given to help us see people to begin to desire those things that most have no interest in. They were given so that we might begin to pursue God, desiring to be more like him. They're different than the Ten Commandments which were given on a mountain. They are blessings. They are blessings because I think in some way Jesus knew that we would need to be blessed to endeavor what he is asking us to do for the hard inner work of the heart that must be done. These are personal words to his captive audience, just like what Aquinas echoed more than a millennium later. Head, heart, hands. 
Jesus is wise to the world. He knows that the world doesn't operate in this way. And so he assures those gathered to hear him speak, including us today, of these words. Even when the world hates you for living in a way that ushers the way of God in, and they mock you, they ridicule you, it doesn't matter. Even then, remember that you are blessed by God. The Beatitudes are not sweet little sayings of a nicely dressed Jesus sitting on a mountain. No. They are a daring act of protest against the current order that was in play. They're a call to action to be church. A call to action to make Jesus present and visible and manifest when the world tries desperately to silence those who speak the truth. They are more than just blessings and nice sayings. The Beatitudes are a call to action for the sake of creating the world God imagines, hopes, and desires. A world in which the least, the lost, the last are remembered and held up. They are given seat and voice. It's a world in which those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. And peacemakers given peace. Jesus can insist that we be be poor in spirit, but he can show us how to look upon such people with new eyes and so gain entrance into this new world. The Beatitudes are a reminder that with Jesus, a new world has been ushered in, and we are asked to join in and to take part and be blessed by God, and so bless others. I often say to folks that I meet that I believe we as a worshiping community at Grace are so very fortunate to see these glimpses of heaven every single day at Grace. I see it in the people of Grace whose hearts have been changed by living into this call to be church, a call to, act to, a call to action to make Jesus present. Not only hearing the words of Jesus and doing them, but also letting those words shape our hearts and transform us. So that as we inhabit the space where we are called to, the Beatitudes go before. I'd like to share some examples of the Beatitudes lived out. I've watched as a parishioner 
of grace is so moved in his heart for the plight of the poor and hungry in our town that nearly each week he hands me a white envelope that in this time of great need has single-handedly filled the blessing box and refrigerator every single week. Blessed are the hungry, for they shall be filled. I've observed how a community of believers radically welcome when people come to grace, extending welcome, peace, and hope to those who come here looking for what only grace can give them. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I've observed a church that was once operated out of a scarcity mindset settle into the ebb and flow of God's divine economy, believing in faith that as we give, we will receive, because that's how the kingdom of God operates. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God and his kingdom. I've observed how giving is not done transactionally, but instead the commodity of grace is that of kindness and leveraging the power of relationships, of looking people in the eye, taking time to hear their stories, and knowing their names. Offering space and dignity to remember that they are indeed made in the image of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. I've seen a priest's heart change. Because she's been in the trenches, serving her community day after day, along with grace and her people. And in so doing, has come to learn that serving is a vital part to ministry and staying in the flow of God. How this priest can't separate service from worship anymore. They're one and the same, and things are out of kink when they don't have one another. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And lastly, I've seen a community of faith rally around her community, blessing and loving and rising to the occasion to do more than we could have ever thought or imagined for our neighbor, for the other, for the least of these, for the last, for the forgotten, for the not seen, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The Beatitudes, yes, they are blessings. Yes, because they were given to each of us 
by Jesus. But if you leave here only thinking that today, please don't. The Beatitudes are a call for us, the church, lovers of Jesus and his kingdom. They're a call to action to help bring about the kingdom which God imagines and wants for us, for everyone. They're not pithy, cute little sayings. No. They are the words that have the power to change, just like Mary's Magnificat. To bring about something new, to bring about a new order. They are otherworldly. They have the power to provoke radical change. And in so doing, bringing heaven down to earth. Amen.